Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays. It's been a couple weeks. Um, took last week off because I had a lot of work to do here. As you can see, I'm back in our East Coast studios. I've been traveling a lot and seen more of the country than I would have expected to, considering the lockdown and everything that's going on. I have a lot to say about what's going on with this week and what's going on in America right now. I made a separate podcast for that, and I'm going to include it at the end of this. So once you're done with your weekly Have a Good Time Talk About BDSM podcast, if you want to hear some political talk, uh, stick around. I will release it separately. I know that perhaps you didn't tune in for that kind of thing. I get that. But I had some things on my mind that I had to say. So at the end of this, there'll be a pause, and then I'm going to lay into my thoughts. So, man, you know, we've had a very interesting month on the Wicked Ways studio lot. We never did get a good solution with Pornhub about the videos we had taken down. We did finally get some communication from them. And what they told us was that the videos were a little too real. They were a little too much like real non-consent. Like, I get that, right? That's what we do. That's the kind of videos we make. We have always tried to make it clear that it's a scene. That what we do is a BDSM, dominant submissive based scene. It's very real. Yeah, because in the moment we're doing real things to each other. That's why it's so real. That's why our stuff is so genuine. That's what I've always wanted it to be. It just so happens that our kink and a lot of your kinks line up with that. You know, the idea of power exchange in a sexual relationship is very erotic to some people, us included. You know, we're not doing something that we don't do in our personal life. We enjoy this type of, you know, interaction in the real life. That's what's very exciting to us. So when we put it on tape, when we videotape it for you and put it online, we're showing you what we do privately, you know, and we do want it to be real. When you're having those kind of power exchange situations in a BDSM scene, you don't want it to be fakey. You don't want it to be overblown and over the top and silly, unless that's your thing. And if it is, that's fine. I know that for some people, BDSM is much more playful. It's much more fun and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. For the people that want to play that way, for the people that want the stakes to feel real, who want to feel in distress, who want to feel afraid, perhaps, who want to feel overpowered, you can't make them feel overpowered unless you're overpowering them. You know, one of my subs, Katja, is a, a very strong woman, right? And if she feels like she can overpower the dom that is topping her, it takes her out of the moment. If she knows, oh, I could stop this if I wanted to, I could push this person off me and get away, that ruins what she's looking for. And you don't have to understand that. I get it. It's not for everybody. For her, that's deeply erotic to her. And she enjoys that feeling that she couldn't stop it if she wanted to, even though mentally she knows that she's safe. She knows that if she wants it to stop, it will. And that's the difference between what we do and assault in real life. And I understand that n not everybody gets it. I get that. I understand why someone might go to one of our videos and watch it and be like, whoa, like, did I just witness a crime? No, you didn't. If you watch the video and you watch the end, you'll see that we have been putting disclaimers where the model says to camera, hey guys, I'm okay. I agreed to this. I wanted this. And we told Pornhub that, right? We're like, the video you took down had a front disclaimer and it had an interview with the model at the end where she said she was fine. 
the response we got back from Pornhub was, well, yeah, but that could be tacked on to any video, right? If it's not clear consent in the scene, then it violates our terms of service. That's hard. That's a very difficult one for us because if you read the terms and conditions of service, there's a lot of stuff you can't do. Um, for example, you're not allowed to post obscene content to a porn site. Explain that to me. Well, there's an easy explanation. Pornhub's lawyers needed a coverall so that they could take something down for whatever reason they wanted to. They didn't have to point to a very specific point in their terms of service and say, oh, well, you broke this rule. Therefore, we're going to take your video down. They own the site. I know that. It's their site. If they don't want something up there, they can take it down for whatever reason they choose. And, you know, the do not upload obscene content to our porn site, every single person except for maybe Ryan Creamer, shout out Ryan, is breaking the terms of service the moment they post a picture of themselves naked. That's obscene content. So Pornhub has covered themselves nicely. What they have not done is giving the content creators the protections that they need. Because I get it, you know, someone could film something that's non-consensual and upload it to Pornhub. And that's really bad. You know, that's a crime. The person who was assaulted doesn't want that online. And the person who assaulted that person should never benefit from their assault. But Pornhub has mechanisms in place to prevent that. First of all, the model verification system. In order to monetize your content on Pornhub, you have to upload your identification, who you are, and the identification of whoever is in your video. So when you see Ruby and I on video, I'm wicked, she's Ruby. Well, Pornhub knows who we really are. They have our IDs on file. They have a signed contract with us on file saying that we understand that we're uploading this, that we consent to this, that this is all good. We signed that information. We sent it to Pornhub. They have that information. They know that if I upload a video of Ruby and I having rough sex, she's into it. Pornhub can reach out to her directly if they want to and say, Hey, we've had some reports on your video and we're concerned that this was a non-consensual video are you okay with this video? And she will say, yes, yes, I am. This is what I wanted, but they're not doing that. What Pornhub is doing is they're relying on users of the site to police the site essentially. And when they get a certain number of reports on a video, they take that video down. They say that they review the videos before they take them down. I don't know. And here's why I don't know. The video that they took down was taken down previously. That video had been pulled down a month before they took it down permanently. And Pornhub didn't even bother to contact us when they took it down. So we reached out to them and they asked us to re-verify Ruby to send in her paperwork again, along with another photo of her to prove that she was, you know, consenting to this video. Sure, that was no problem. We sent it in. They put the video back up. A month later, it got very popular. So a lot of people saw it. A lot of people who wouldn't normally be searching for kink content, right? I get that. That's how our stuff works. You know, the people who search out the kind of stuff that we make find us and they love it. And eventually, if we're lucky, our video gets featured, put on the front page of Pornhub, where everybody lands when they search for Pornhub. And they may see a video, and I make our thumbnails as appealing as possible. So they click on that video, and they don't like what they see. Right? It's too rough for them. It's not the kind of pornography they were looking for. They wanted something softer. They didn't want something that was consent play. I understand that. There's lots of porn that I don't like, but not only did they not like it, they reported it. They clicked that report icon. Well, when you click that report icon, 
you don't get a window saying why you're upset with it. You're not getting a window saying, oh yeah, you know, this porn is fine. It's just not my taste. No. You click report and it goes away. And apparently when Pornhub gets enough of those reports, they pull your video down. Now, I truly wish that they would have some sort of flagging system where they could say, yeah, we know we've, we get a lot of reports on this video, but we checked this video out and both models consented to it. They have a dozen other videos that they've made together. They included a disclaimer at the end of the video saying it was consensual. We, we checked this out and it's okay. Some people aren't going to like it. They can downvote it. They cannot watch it, but just because they report it doesn't mean there's something wrong with the video. In Pornhub's case, they're just doing better safe than sorry. Now, let me ask you a question, America. The video was taken down because they felt like it was too close to being non-consensual. Yeah, did they do anything about that afterwards? No. They didn't reach out to me, and they didn't reach out to Ruby. So what they're concerned about is protecting themselves. If this had been an actual non-consent video, they would have taken it down and they would have gone about their business because they didn't reach out to me and say, hey, we have a problem with this video. It seems like this might've been non-consensual. We need you to verify that this model consented to this or maybe we need to file a police report. No, they didn't do that. They're not worried about that. They're not worried about the safety of the model in their video. They're not worried that Ruby might have been non-consenting because they never reached out to Ruby to find out. They're worried about protecting themselves. And what they told us was, hey, you know, it's not us. It's our billers. It's actually the people who handle our money that they, they didn't like the video. Therefore, we had to take it down. Okay. I know that Model Hub specifically um, has much more stringent guidelines on what's allowable on their site because Model Hub, the payments are apparently handled by a different company. Okay. And for example, there are some titles and keywords that Pornhub is okay with that Model Hub is not. Girl is one of them. I get it. You know, we really don't want any underage pornography, but I can't say, you know, thin blonde girl on model hub if you try to write girl it says that title is not allowed so you say woman or blonde or whatever but you can't use the word girl okay i get that on pornhub you can on pornhub you can say you know blonde girl suffers this um here's the problem pornhub and i hesitate to say this i doubt anybody at pornhub's watching my blog but um you guys took down our video from pornhub it's still up on model hub the full video with the full scene, uh, the really hard scene that you guys thought was too non-consensual is still up on, on Model Hub, the place where you said the problem was. You guys said that you guys were okay with it, but Model Hub had the problem. It's still on Model Hub. So I'm frustrated. Um, you know, we had a really good month. We did. And it, it seems very ungrateful for me to, you know, complain and moan and gripe about our videos being taken down. Well, the thing was, is that the videos that were taken down were our absolute leading videos, the best selling, most viewed videos we've ever had. And right up until the moment they got taken down, they were doubling and quadrupling in views. And at the time of being taken down, they had 4 million views and they were pulled. That affects us directly because we get paid by the view. Yes. You know, we do sell individual videos, but the bulk of our income comes from those views. You take those views away, we don't get paid. When a video is trending like that, it has a cycle, right? It starts, it gets really popular, and then eventually it drops off in popularity. And then, it, you know, but when a video has a really high view count, 4 million views, 5 million views, it tends to get recommended more down the line. So in the future, Pornhub knows this is a very popular video with these tags that matches this type of video. So when someone's watching a similar video, let's show them this one again, because this is a hit. 
That's why some of our old videos, some of our not very good videos are still getting millions of views because that legacy has allowed them to move forward. Being a very popular video has long trail of revenue generation. So by pulling those videos from us and taking away all that revenue and taking away that potential for future revenue, we lost a lot. And even though we reached out and we showed them, hey, this is consensual, we didn't break your rules, there's nothing in these videos that you don't allow, they pulled them and they will not allow us to re-upload them. I did ask them, you know, may I re-edit them and, you know, soften them a bit, change the title, put them back up, is that okay? They said, sure, you can do that. But what I'm concerned about is when they send you the letter that uh, says you got your video taken down for violating the terms of service, it says in there very clearly, if you continue to do this, we will, we will remove your account from Pornhub. And that obviously would be rather devastating to us. We've worked very hard to build this channel. We worked very hard to make this what it is. And the reason that we have so much success now is all the hard work we've done over the years prior. You know, first of all, I don't think we could start all over again. I don't think we could have our account banned and then just start a new account. It's probably against their terms of service for one. And two, you know, the reason we get so many views is that we're building on what we've done before. We have a subscriber base. We have a viewer base. We have videos that have been out for years that are very popular. And so when we put out a new video, we bring all that with us. So starting from scratch would be very difficult for us. We probably wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm very hesitant about posting that video again. You know, even though it's still up on Model Hub and don't, I just don't understand. I will put the link under this video. We may have to get our own site. We may have to host an independent site where we can sell our videos individually, you know, because the rough stuff, the stuff that really makes us money, the stuff that really, you know, drives what we do, the sensual videos don't do it. We make sensual videos, they don't get views. We make rough videos, they get lots of views. The problem is they're getting taken down and we're getting threatened with having our stuff demonetized and pulled from Pornhub. You know, and we may have to start having videos that are like, if you want to see more of this, the really good stuff, head on over to wickedways.com. That doesn't exist yet. Don't look for that. Because, yeah, we got to make a living. This is what we do now. So it's been a lot. We're trying. We are trying to push forward. Um, I do have some ideas for new content that might satisfy our fan base and what we do and also stay well within the bounds of what Pornhub wants. I think we can do that. There's content we have in the can right now that we have filmed that I don't know if I will release because again, it's the same type of video that got taken down. And so unless we, you know, really go through it and find some way of making it very clear in scene that it's consensual, we may not be able to release that to Pornhub. But we'll see. You guys have been great. Um, we have had a ton of positive commentary on these video casts and also on our videos in general. And I really appreciate that. The most recent bunny video, which has really been successful, you know, it's been on the front page for a couple of days now and gotten a few million views and gotten a couple hundred pieces of spam mail. Another thing I really wish Pornhub would take care of. You know, how hard is it to ban the word Snapchat from a comment? Because 90% of our spam is Snapchat spam. You know, come check out my Snapchat. And I pull all that and I have to pull it one by one every day. Otherwise, when people went to our comment section, they'd have to scroll down through four pages of Snapchat ads to read any real comments from our viewers. And I don't want that. I want it to be a, I want our comment area to be genuine, safe, and friendly for our fans because we do have a lot of good interaction with our fans in the comments and they can't see our comments, our real comments, if there's a hundred Snapchat spam comments there. So it does take a lot of work for me to do that. I, it's worth it. It's worth it for you guys. And I, I will keep doing that. If you see spam in our comments, click that report. 
because like videos, it takes more than one person clicking report in order for it to go away. And I click report and delete it. You guys also have to click report. If you see a spam comment, you know, come check out my Snapchat, do us a favor and click the report flag. It'll disappear from your screen and Pornhub will start maybe getting the message that you guys are tired of spam too. I'm sure you are, right? So let's open our mailbag a little bit. So that's kind of a downer. It's been a rough week, you guys. I mean, with the stuff going on in America, fighting to keep our videos up online, it's been a little depressing, right? But you guys are amazing. And we do this for the fans. We've had so much good fan interaction, one-to-one fan interaction, which we really enjoy. You know, if you want to drop us a line on Twitter, Instagram, email, Facebook, you know, the links are at the end. And also on our profile page, all the links are there. Whatever platform you're comfortable with, drop us a line, say hi. If there's something you want to see, if there's something you want to say to us, if you just want to say, hey, good job, I appreciate it, do that. Because the the positives fan mail that we get really does help to balance out the negative stuff and also the spam and also, you know, bad news from Pornhub about getting our stuff taken down. It really does help us when I open up our inbox and there's a nice message that says, hey, you know, Sadie is amazing and she's beautiful and I just wanted to let you guys know that I really enjoy your videos. That means something to us. It really does. And that gets shared with her. We like it. And it makes our day a little bit better to hear back from our fans. On this video cast, I've been getting a lot of very specific questions that people want to talk about. I really appreciate that. A lot of just really good feedback, people saying they like it. And I'm very appreciative of that, so thank you. So, that being said, you know, a lot of people don't like what we do. Ali Jaden says, He destroys her ass, and then he talks about aftercare. LMAO. Okay. He also said on the previous video, This sucks. Every asshole deserves love and lots of lube. Okay, so what you're looking for, Ali Jaden, are anal videos where the model is enjoying it. And those exist. We've actually made some. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Anal sex can feel really good. Don't get the wrong idea based on what we make that anal is only painful. Because it's not. We have very sensual, pleasurable anal sex. And so can you without injury, without damage, you go gently, you give it time, you get used to it, and it becomes very pleasurable. If we're making it hurt, if we're doing this in a way that hurts, it's because we want it to hurt. And you don't have to understand that. I understand if that's not for you, if you don't get off on that, cool. No worries. Go find something that you like and watch that. Because a lot of people, about 90 million people so far, do like what we do. They really enjoy what we do and it's for them. It's not for you. You know, if you don't like country music, don't listen to country music, listen to whatever you like. Same thing is true here. If you don't like rough anal videos, if you don't like panel videos, if you don't like videos where it seems like the person on the receiving end is in distress, cool. Drive on. This next comment is something that I actually love. And here's why. Ludist says, Thanks for the warning. I will now leave. Done and done. This video has a big red warning at the beginning of it that says what it's about. And, you know, Ludist saw that and checked out and then left a comment. Cool. I'm going to hope that Ludist didn't downvote the video or report the video. And they seem like they're pretty cool. I'd give them a free coupon for one of our videos, but I don't think they'd like it. So good on you, Ludist. I appreciate it. Paraplegic porn comments. I would really like to start my page, Paraplegic Porn, as a real thing. Do you think something like that would be possible? I'd really like to bring more disabled porn to the world, or even imagine this a guy in a wheelchair dominating. I want to see more of that. Sure. Um, you know, yeah, it's not going to be for everybody, just like what we make isn't for everybody. I'm certain that there is not only a niche for that, there's, you know, a real cause and demand for that because sex is for everybody, right? Sex isn't just an able-bodied person thing. Everybody likes sex. So people that have disabilities or people that are paraplegic or whatever, awesome, you know, do that. 
I don't know how to market it. I don't know how to get it to a larger audience. You have to be really careful about, you know, I don't want it to be a freak show thing. I don't want, I don't think you want that. I don't think you want to be like, you know, an old side show circus thing. Um, I think what you would want is people that are generally interested in that, generally turned on by that, or generally experiencing that so that they can see representation in the porn world. And that would be cool. Um, if I can help, I will, you know, reach out to me. Uh, but yeah, good luck. Do that thing. Filthy Mind writes, I hope you make the ones Pornhub took down available for purchase. Ruby is definitely star material. Hopefully she makes it big. From what I've seen, very little in the way of amateur Asians enjoying anal, so Ruby's videos are probably filling a huge supply gap. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ruby is awesome, and I hope she makes it big too. I hope that maybe we can go along with her. Uh, that video, like I said, it's still available. I'll put a, a link for it under this video. At least it's available now. It may go away. You know, we are seriously considering having our own site for that. Um, until then, we're going to be very cautious and take it very easy with what we post and make sure that it's above and beyond the call of duty, clear that it's consensual. But I appreciate that filthy mind. I know Ruby will like that. Little Miss Sarah commented, I haven't done anal yet, and I'm about to try it. I hope it doesn't hurt too much. Remember that it doesn't have to hurt. You know, we make it hurt. We do it in a way that does hurt, but it doesn't have to. If your partner goes slow and is gentle with you and listens to you, anal can be very pleasurable. Don't get the idea from our videos that it's super painful all the time and very unpleasant. It does not have to be. The flip side of that is if your partner is not careful with you and doesn't go slow and doesn't listen to you, it can be very painful. Absolutely. So make sure you have that conversation with them. Make sure that you go slow. If you can, you know, start practicing on your own with insertion and you can use your fingers, you can use small sex toys, etc., to get yourself used to it and learn how your body adapts to it and help prepare yourself so that, you know, when it's game day, it's not going to be so painful. But no, just because our videos are painful, they are, and it can be, but vaginal sex can also be very painful. You know, we make those too. People often don't realize that we can make vaginal sex videos that are very painful. If you go hard and fast and deep, and especially in certain positions, vaginal sex can be extremely painful. You know, ask any woman you know and ask any of my models. You know, it's what is the intent. If I'm trying to make it hurt, it's going to hurt. So tell your partner to go easy. Jim46 writes, I have never come so fast or felt so guilty in my life. Don't don't feel guilty. Remember, we consent to this. The model consents to this. The model is getting off on this. Even though in the moment she's saying it hurts and please stop, that's part of the scene. That's part of what turns her on. That's part of what she wants to experience in our scenes. And I am going to have a discussion with some of our models about how we do that, what that's about, why we do that. But if it turns you on, if it's your kink, don't, don't feel guilty. Everybody's cool. No one did anything they didn't want to do. All right. And our last mailbag for this particular session is, is pretty funny. VT Hobbyist says, Funny how she starts 2020 the same way we all feel about how 2020 is going. Yeah, man. Okay. So I have some more questions and comments that I want to address in a future episode. This one has gone on quite a bit and it's going to have, like I said, a, um, a message from me to America after this. Stay safe. Keep it consensual. Push the envelope, but don't break it. And I'll see you guys next week. It has been a couple weeks since I've been on the air. And man, what happened to America? You know, wow. Are we the people we thought we were? Is this the country we thought we were? The things that I've been seeing, the things that I've been dealing with personally, um, it's been a lot, you know. I'm a white guy, so don't, don't cry for me, Argentina. I get that. But... 
my life is closely intertwined with the black community and it does hit very close to home. You know, it's very hard to see the people that I care about struggling with this and trying to find my place in the world. What do I do? What do I say? How do I act? How do I support the people that are important to me and support a cause that is important to me? And it always has been. Um, our channel is inclusive. We don't tolerate any sort of racism. Uh, we don't tolerate any sort of anti-LGBTQ sentiment. You know, I don't, I don't allow that. I'm not into that. It's not who we are as performers. It's not who we are as people. And we have too many people that are close to us that we care about that are directly affected by this to stand back and not want to make things better. But, you know, I'm one guy in a country of 350 million people, you know, I know you don't need my, my hot take on what's going on. I get that. It's difficult. You make choices. The choices you make affect directly who you are, right? You have no control over your circumstances of birth, whether you were born rich or poor, black or white. You have not a lot of control over how you were brought up. I get that. I was not brought up in a very tolerant household at all. But at some point you start making your own decisions. You start deciding who you're going to be as a person. At that point, as an adult, the decisions you make, the actions you take, and the actions you refuse to take color your character. They define who you are. And I know this is a very small platform. You know, our videos get a lot of views. This podcast is not. A couple thousand people. And I have a very strong feeling that the people who listen to my podcast, you know, I'd be surprised if they weren't of like mind. But if perhaps you're not, you know, if perhaps you feel like this country needs to get rolled back to, say, the 1950s, when America was great, it wasn't, man. You know, don't let those nostalgic movies fool you. It wasn't all ma and apple pie and welcoming the boys back home from World War II and everybody moving to the suburbs and a chicken in every pot. There's a lot of America that the fifties weren't great for. And I don't see anybody but older white guys wanting to roll the country back because yeah, maybe for them it was better. Maybe for them it was a better time to be alive. But if you weren't a white guy, it wasn't a great time to be alive. When they say make America great, I hear what they're saying is make it so women and colored people are afraid to say no. And we can't have that anymore. And we have a country now where people aren't afraid to say no. It's a bad state. We have a very difficult situation. You know, there are riots in my town. There are riots probably in your town. And justified. I think they're justified. I think that... From what I've seen, from the totalitarian oppression that I've seen, from the fascist way that the police is enforcing the law, I think the riots are justified. Because protesting is not supposed to be convenient. A protest isn't something that you can easily ignore and go back to your football game. That's why it's a protest. And you don't protest things unless they're important. You don't protest because you want McDonald's to bring back the McRib. You protest because people are being killed. People are being oppressed. People are being incarcerated unfairly. That is when you take to the streets and you protest. And if it inconveniences you, if it makes your commute home take longer, I cannot sympathize with you if that's what you're mad about. If you're so upset about that, 
but you're not upset about the systematic oppression of people of color in our country. That's on you, man. When you oppress people this long, when you hold people down, when you systematically incarcerate them at a much higher rate and a much more unfair systematic approach than you do white people, what do you expect to happen? How long do you think you can keep doing that before they say, we are done, we're tired of this, we will not take it anymore. And if that means burning down a police station, that should tell you something. People aren't burning down police stations because the speeding tickets are too high or because there's too many red light cameras. They're burning down police stations because people are being murdered in cold blood. And if your people were being murdered in cold blood, you would have the right to protest. You would have the right to get out there and say no more. And if that meant burning down a police station, so be it. You know, I don't care if this is popular. I don't care if this gets a lot of views. This is my platform. This is my space. This is my place to say, this is how I feel. If you feel differently, make a video. Tell me how you feel. I'll listen. Link to it under here. I'll watch it. If you have a different approach, if you have a different way of coming at this problem, I will listen. But I'm not going to be among the voices saying, don't protest like that. Don't inconvenience me. Don't destroy property. Property apparently is much more important than human lives. The entire time during the pandemic, our Target, Walmart, Home Depot, grocery stores were open. No problem, apparently. Threat of looting, threat of destruction, threat of uh, property damage. They shut that stuff down real quick. That's interesting. That's very interesting. It seems like they value their property a lot more than human life. Maybe if people were still property, they'd value them more. Think about that. I am mad about it. I was police at one time. How about that? I went through the training. I went through police academy. I was taught about escalation of force. I was taught about the responsibility you have as a law enforcement officer to escalate force only as necessary. And what I saw wasn't necessary. No, there was no need. There was no need for what I saw and I'm furious about it. I'm furious about it for a lot of reasons. A man lost his life. A little girl lost her father. People lost brothers and sisters and children. That was unnecessary. When you have someone restrained on the ground in handcuffs, they're not a danger to you anymore. They're not. And if you have to subdue them, there's a lot of ways to subdue someone without putting your knee on their neck. I don't have any patience for that. That's bad police work. It's coming from a police officer to a police officer. That person murdered that man in cold blood, indifferently, and he knew he wouldn't be punished for it. That's why he did it. He felt he was immune. He felt he was above the law. I'm not anti-police. You know, I'm going to do the cliche thing and say I have a lot of friends that were police. Yeah, no kidding. I was police. I also saw the bad about being police. I saw the people who were drunk with authority and power, the small scared people who given a badge and a gun and the ability to boss people around and make them do what they said. Oh, they got real angry when people didn't do what they said. Mm -hmm. They didn't like that at all. They didn't like it when people didn't immediately bow down to their authority. Yeah, that's a very insecure person. And unfortunately, a lot of very insecure people, a lot of weak people, a lot of scared people are inexplicably drawn to that power and that authority. 
Are all cops bad? No, absolutely not. I know personally good cops. You know good cops. I don't doubt that. I'm a white guy living in 2020. I don't want to have any interaction with a police officer in public. No, because I've seen too many times the guy who forgot why he's wearing that uniform, why he's wearing that badge and gun, what he's doing out there. The guy that forgot that just because he has a badge and a gun doesn't make him right. That he is under more responsibility to do the right thing. You've seen the excuse, oh, the police officer was panicked, that's why he used deadly force. So a trained police officer who's gone through the training, who's gone through the accreditation to carry that weapon, he's allowed to get scared and do something stupid. But apparently every civilian in the United States is supposed to act coolly and calmly and follow direction when they're being yelled at and had guns pointed at them. Let me tell you how stressful that is. If you've never been in that situation, if you've never had police on you, pointing their guns at you, yelling at you, how terrifying that is. But you're supposed to remain calm. You're supposed to not make any mistakes. You're not supposed to fight back. You're not supposed to say anything. You're supposed to comply perfectly. And I've seen the tapes. I've seen what's going on in the cities of America right now. I've seen people protesting peacefully on their knees. No threat to anyone. Their hands behind their back. Their hands behind their head. And police using excessive force on them. Why? Because they got their feelings hurt. Yeah, they didn't like being called names. They didn't like having their authority questioned. They didn't like having people not happy and not respecting them. And they lost their cool. They lost their temper. And they had a weapon. And they used that weapon on innocent people. On people who were not resisting. On people who were not a threat. That's a crime. Police officers aren't immune from crime. They can't commit crimes ad hoc whenever they feel like it and make up the rules as they go. If a police officer uses force on you, it better be justified. They can't just use force on you because they're wearing a badge and a gun. That's called assault. And there will be a reckoning. There will be a reckoning for this. I don't know when it's going to be. It's not going to be under this administration, that's for sure. But there will be a reckoning. And the police officers who abused their authority and ran over people and struck people who were kneeling with their hands behind their backs, who drugged people and kicked people out of cars who were not resisting, who tear gassed people and fired grenades at people because they didn't like what those people were saying because they got their feelings hurt. There will be a reckoning. We will find out who did that. We will find out who those people were and they will be brought to justice. I guarantee you, we will find out who those people were. You can't get away with it anymore. Nothing has changed. This has been going on in the past and more so. The difference is now every single person on the street has a camera. And they know when they're in a bad police situation to record it. Because it's their word against the police and our justice system is set up to believe the police. But when you show that footage and you say, this is what happened to me. I was kneeling on the ground. I had my hands behind my back. This officer struck me with his baton. Why? Why was that justified? That's going to be a hard question to answer. I had no weapon. I was not posing a danger to the officer. The officer fired at me with a pepper spray gun, or they fired at me with a flashbang grenade, which by the way, you don't shoot at people. You don't aim at people with those weapons because those are not non-lethal weapons. There's no department in the country that allows you to fire that kind of weapon at a person unless you intend to kill them. 
So we will find out who did that. We will find out the police that are abusing their authority. The ones that are not, they have nothing to fear. They're doing it. They're doing their job to the best of their ability and they're in a bad situation. If you're a good cop right now, I do have pity on you because the actions of the bad cops have tainted your uniform and your badge and your credibility. You may be the best cop in the world right now, but you share the stain of the cops who killed and murdered and maimed and assaulted protesters for no reason. And that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, that's part of the job. The media is very quick to point to the looters and say, look, this is what the protesters are doing. Oh, so some people loot and that discredits the entire protest? Okay, that's fair. That means that some cops do bad things. That discredits the entire police force. Oh, you don't like that logic. Well, there you go. Yeah, some people are looting. Some people are being dumb. Some people are taking advantage of a bad situation. Those people are wrong. They're bad. They are harming their community. I, I agree. If you're using this situation for personal gain, you're a bad person. And you are harming your community. Fundamentally harming your community and the cause. But tens of thousands of people are protesting. And they're not stealing they're bringing their own water. They're not breaking into targets to steal shoes. They're trying to fight for social justice. And unless you're willing to hold the police to the same standard, where a few bad apples mean that all police are bad, you cannot then say that a few bad protesters makes this entire protest invalid. I won't hear it. We won't hear it. Our leadership has failed us. Our leadership is non-existent. Our leadership is making the situation worse, pouring fuel on the fire. Our leadership is scared. Our leadership is tyrannical and fascist. And those are not superlatives in this situation. It's not an exaggeration. The definition of fascism, the definition of totalitarianism, the definition is our leadership right now and that sucks and this is not going to go away the harder the police crack down the more violent the protests will become the police are not meeting violence with violence the police are instigating violence and so far from what i've seen the protesters have been very tolerant very tolerant because if someone runs up and hits you and you're not assaulting them, it's real hard not to hit back. It's real hard. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing peaceful protesters being struck, peaceful protesters being pepper sprayed, peaceful protesters being hit with grenades, flashbang grenades. Pushed to the ground. You've seen the videos that I've seen. You've seen the police officer shove that woman down. Why? She call him a name? Did she hurt his feelings? Is his ego that fragile? Did he feel like he was in danger from an unarmed woman? Tough guy. Yeah. I think he lost his temper. I think he got his feelings hurt. I think that that person didn't do what he told her to do immediately. Yeah, well, she doesn't have to. She wasn't breaking any laws. He was, though. That's called assault. What he did is assault. I want him arrested. I want him tried for assault. You do, too. Because that could be you. That could absolutely be you. We've seen the National Guard shooting at people inside their homes. Think about that. Standing on your front porch and someone on the street fires at you inside your home porches inside your home think about that what if that was you how would you feel how would you react if we don't check this if we don't stop this if we don't have a reckoning and bring this back shut this down 
hold these people accountable. We're not going to do the I was only following orders defense, are we? No. Because every single one of those police officers had the right to say, no, I'm not doing that. I am not going to be the guy that nightclubs a kneeling person. Nobody ordered that. That was a personal decision. And that personal decision will be punished. There will be a reckoning. That person does not need to be a police officer anymore. Police brutality has been a cancer in our country for a long time. And instead of addressing it, instead of making it better, we have only enabled police officers to do worse and more by giving them more powerful weapons, more immunity, more protections under the law when they make mistakes. Yeah, everyone's human. You know, dark alley, police officer thinks the suspect has a gun. It turns out to be a candy bar. Yeah, that sucks. You know, we were trained for that. We were put in those scenarios. We were trained for that. We trained hard for that. And we knew that we may make the bad call. And a jury sitting in judgment over a police officer can make that decision. Did that person act in the best faith? Did they think their life was in danger legitimately? And did they defend themselves legitimately? We'll excuse that mistake. That's a mistake. What we saw in Minnesota, that was not a mistake. That was a choice. Cold-blooded choice. Not heat of the moment. Not only had an instant to decide life or death. He knelt on his neck for minutes. Why? Why? That's murder. That's murder. And he's being held accountable now. Why? Because it was on tape. How many have gotten off scot-free? And when you're a police officer and you see in the news media, oh, well, that guy shot this other guy and he got away with it. So what do I have to fear? All I have to say is I felt that my life was in danger and I'll be free. I'll be clear. That's an ego trip. That's a power trip. No, we have another message to send, which is we're giving you an awesome responsibility as a police officer. And we expect you to exercise it with care and great, great caution. You have the power of life and death. That is a great power. And you are responsible for using it properly. Think of your family. How would you react if that had been your wife or your daughter that that thug police officer shoved to the ground? Why? Because she said something that hurt his feelings? How would you react? What would you do in that situation? Yeah, I thought so. I'm not anti-police. I'm anti-bad police. I'm real anti-bad police. I have zero tolerance for bad police. Because it's a tough job, it's not for everybody. And a lot of the people that have that job right now shouldn't. We need to have better hiring practices, better recruitment, better training. We need to de-escalate for situations. We need better non-lethals. We need ways of saying, hey, this person's life is not worth a $20 bill. This person's life is not worth a speeding ticket. This person's life is not worth your ego as a cop. Oh, what, they made you mad? They called you a name? You need another line of work if you can't take that as a cop. If you can't stand there and coolly and calmly have people yell at you and use hard language and make you feel bad about yourself, okay, that's human. It's hard. But that means you don't have what it takes to be a police officer. You don't. If you can't remain calm in that situation, fine. Go work at Denny's. 
go work in an office where you can go talk to HR if someone is mean to you. Because being a police officer means dealing with people who aren't going to like you, who aren't going to be happy with you, who are going to yell at you. And if you can't take that, if your ego is too fragile to take that, you need another line of work. Simple as that. Yeah, I won't accept it. We won't accept it any longer as people. This is going to be a very difficult time for America. It's going to be a very difficult time to recover from this because a lot of people may have been anti-police prior to these protests. After these protests, yeah, you guys have done yourself a great disservice. The police departments all across the country are going to wear the stain because those videos aren't going to go away. Those videos are going to keep on being replayed and replayed and replayed. That brutality that you showed to innocent people will be replayed. And when people see you driving down the street, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the good stuff. And there has been good stuff. There have been officers who knelt down and said, hey, we're not going to hurt you. We're here to keep the peace. And the best way we can keep the peace is not attacking you. Those are good officers. That was good leadership. Good things happened at those protests. The protests where the police got their feelings hurt. Maybe they took a water bottle to the face. Yeah, that's why you wear riot gear. Water bottle to the face won't kill you. It may make you mad. Guess what? That's your job. If you got your feelings hurt and you hurt somebody, we got it on video and we will figure out who that was. There will be a reckoning. All right. I'll come back to this at some point. I hope that I'm going to talk to you guys in a week or so and I'll have something less heavy to say. I'm going to release this separately from the weekly podcast. So if you don't want to watch it, you don't want to listen to it, you want to keep on living life like everything is fine, I get that. You can do that. I get it. You have the right to ignore what's going on. But you shouldn't. You should be aware. Take a stand. Support the people that are trying to fight to make this right. If you can't get out there and stand on a picket line yourself, if you can't stand in a riot line yourself, I understand. It's not for everybody. You cannot turn a blind eye. And when it comes time to vote, remember this. Remember these days. Remember how the police acted. Remember how the protesters acted. Remember how our leadership acted come election day. Don't vote party. Vote for people who are against what you don't want, what you don't like, what you cannot take anymore. I don't care if you don't like them personally. I don't care. It's not about personality. You're not their buddy. You don't need to get a drink with them. What are their policies? And yeah, they're politicians. I know they'll say whatever they need to say to get elected. Sure. I think we've seen, I think we've seen if you're a voting age right now, you remember Obama. Was it like this? Was it like this? Don't tell me that who's in office doesn't matter. Don't tell me that leadership doesn't count. Don't tell me that all politicians are the same because it wasn't like this four years ago. No, it wasn't. We had leadership and leadership makes a difference. So it does matter who you vote for. Vote these people out of office. Vote their policies out of office. Vote anybody who thought they were a good idea out of office. Sweep it clean if we have to. Because the people of America are done. They're done with this. We are done. There are a lot of us, and we may not have been angry enough before. We may not have had enough of this to get out and vote before. But we do now. And you're going to see a big change. Until then, stay safe. Be smart. Don't break the law. 
Don't do something stupid. Don't bring down the cause by bad activity. Be an example. Be what these leaders are not being. Be calm, be rational, be understanding. Get out there. Show them that your voice matters. All right. 